All right, we're back with more of the fish cast. Corin Long, Charles Fishbine here. And uh, this was another busy week in the never-ending coaching carousel. The big, I don't want to say it was a shocker, because it wasn't a shocker to you, it wasn't a shocker to me. Maybe the timing was a shocker, but Paul Christ out at Wisconsin uh, gets an $11 million buyout, which they agreed to pay with the booster financial arm, which tells you that everybody wanted them out. You can tell when the boosters are really quick to agree to a settlement to pay you, that lets you know that they weren't really thrilled with you. Um, Chris has really good numbers at Wisconsin. I think he won 60. I think he went like 67 and 24 or something. Uh, he replaced Gary Anderson, who would come in for two years, did well, was like a 9-10 win guy. He had he didn't like working for Barry Alvarez because Barry Alvarez tends was known to be a bit of a uh, you know a bit of a bit of a meddler, and he didn't like some of the academic. He felt like some of the academic uh, standards that Wisconsin had was was compromising his recruiting. Uh, Chris was kind of meandering at Pittsburgh. He was a 500 coach at Pitt, uh, but he played at Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez knew that he would do anything for the job. Uh, his family has a long history in Wisconsin. His, uh, his father, George Chris, was a football coach, I think, at uh, like Wisconsin Prattville or something like that. And um, and what happened was he, he took the job. He did fine. He had a couple of very good years. But I compare Paul Chris to Larry Coker as he was very good when he had those Bielema kids, those Anderson kids that had come in. Mm -hmm. As his kids started taking over, you could start to see the decline. And Miami fired Coker after seven, six seasons. Larry Coker went 60 and 15 at Miami. But there was such a drastic difference between the last team he put out and the team that he took over from Butch Davis that they just didn't feel like things were going to get any better. And that's kind of where I thought Wisconsin was. Like, you, the decline was coming fast, and you were just waiting for the hammer to drop. They play Illinois. Brett Bielema's new team. Hey, Brett came on the show. He got some pop. He got that fish cast love, and goes out there, beats them thirty-four to ten, I think. Holds Wisconsin to two yards rushing. I don't know the last time Wisconsin had less than hundred yards rushing, much less two in a game. And that was it. But I think they felt like, you know what? The hammer is going to drop this season. Either we can go five and seven, four and eight, then fire them, or fire them now, give Jim Leonard the job. Jim Leonard is a big name out on the coaching trail. He was going to get another job this year. They figure, hey, if we hire him, we get first crack at him. If he doesn't work out, we can still go after Lance Leopold. Lance Leopold was a GA at Wisconsin and obviously won, I think, four national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. So, you know, he's from the area. So, you know, they, they felt like they had good options, uh, you know, and that gave them even more incentive to fire Chris. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you could see this coming. Four and three, they were nine and four last year, which is okay at Wisconsin. I mean, it's a very good season, but they were two and three this year. I think this is for I, – I give the administration credit. This is where they said they saw what was coming in the future. They probably, the recruiting hasn't been as good. They probably, a lot of guys probably 
were commenting about some of the younger players that were coming through the system. And this wasn't going to get better. Um, you don't wait till that thing hits rock bottom to make the change. Wisconsin may not make a bowl game this year. They're two and three. They have a very tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, I, I think they made the right move and they've got a coach in, in Jim Leonard that's very popular uh, in the rec- in the coaching circles as far as possibly getting hired um, this up this offseason. So they they didn't want to lose him. And like you said, there's there's not a whole lot of jobs open. The Wisconsin job will be one of the top jobs and openings this offseason. And you go like I said, you go look at the schedule. They still got to go to Northwestern this week at Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland at Iowa, at Nebraska, Minnesota. You may only see two more wins in there. Uh, two or three more wins. This is going to be a losing season. Uh, maybe they get a little bit of a bump with Jen, Jim Leonard coming in now, but this was the right move. In my opinion, you know, Paul Chris did not have a very good uh, career at Pittsburgh. He was probably going to get fired and Wisconsin was a fallback. He got very fortunate that he had those relationships. I, I, I think this is, was the right move for both Wisconsin and um, coach Leonard. It gives him a chance to, uh, show his what he's capable of doing as a coach. He's he's a great defensive coordinator, and he deserves a shot at this job right now. The other firing that happened this week was Carl Burrell uh, fired at, at Colorado. I think he was 10 and 28 there or something along those lines. Wasn't particularly good. Kind of was a rush hire. Mel Tucker had left Colorado kind of high and dry to take the Michigan State job. They didn't have a lot of time to search. Darrell was somebody out there. He coached in the Pac-10 before, led UCLA to a um, 10-win season back, I think, in 2005, maybe. Yeah, but he was uh, very average out there. Uh, yeah, six and seven, six and six, yeah, seven and one six, good six season. And, yeah, one good yeah. season. Yeah, and, um, you know, and it was – this this hire kind of went like you thought it would go. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was long for the job. He wasn't – I don't think the Colorado job is particularly a good job right now. They might get lucky in the sense that I don't think Eric Gannemi's ever going to get a head coaching job in the NFL. He might eventually just succumb and say, to heck with it. I'll go back to my alma mater and try to yeah. win there. I, I think they got I, I, I think they got a pretty much locked down Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he played there. They had a lot of success. I'm sure he's, you know, he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. It, it's time him to come home and 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 be the coach there i'm you know me i'm not always the biggest fan of always bringing somebody back and former but he's proven himself in the nfl like it, i don't know why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job in the nfl it's unexplainable but the colorado job i've been a boulder i lived in colorado their facilities are top notch it's a nice city to live in i don't understand why they're this bad uh, they should have success. They can recruit uh, any anywhere in the country. I mean, they could recruit Texas. They had a lot of success back uh, when they won the national title with uh, recruiting Houston. Uh, they could recruit kids out in California. There's no reason for this job. This team, they're getting blown out and they're not even competitive. They basically become one of the worst programs in college football. And that's that shouldn't happen. They should be, if you could win at Kansas, we're going to bring this up again. If you could win at Kansas, you could win in Boulder. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't really. I, I it's, I, it's just not become a good job over there. It's just so odd because it feels like it should be better than what it is. And 
guys that, you know, Tucker had a little bit of success there. Mike McIntyre had a little bit, you know, but they can't, it doesn't seem to be sustainable. Um, I, I'm curious of where, you know, depending on how this conference realignment turns up, I'm curious where Colorado fits. If they're, they're kind of in no man's land. I thought, I thought the big 12 was always a little bit of a better fit for them. I thought they were better at getting Texas kids than they are getting California kids, if that makes sense. So, you know, but that's it, not going to change anytime soon. They, they're going to be in the Pac-12 for the, the, the foreseeable future. So I'm just a little, uh, I'm just not sure where the job is, but I'm with you. Uh, I think Miami is the choice. If not him, I'd like to see Kendall Browns get an opportunity here. I don't know that Boulder, the I don't know that the environment in Boulder would be accepting of him, to be honest with you. Uh, I just, I don't know that, that's, you know, I just don't know that they would be. Um, and, and it's not to say that he has, let's say this about Kendall Bryles. I don't believe that just because his dad was Art Bryles and his dad did some foul stuff at Baylor, that he should be punished. Like, I understand what reports say that he said at Baylor. The stuff that he said, uh, is it is it is it ethical? You know, is it is it what you wanted to hear you said? Probably not. A lot of coaches said what he said. There have been a lot of coaches down the line that have said what he said in so many words. So I, I'm I'm a little bit you know I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna give him you know more leeway because when you the one thing that in every report that he is recorded he is like documented for saying and you guys can read it anywhere you want to wasn't that bad you know it it wasn't it wasn't anything that said that you know you're gonna you're gonna be on campus and be allowed to sexually assault women it was nothing like that but i also think that because he was on that staff he gets dragged down with that so it's i you know i'd like to see him get an opportunity i'm not sure that uh colorado is going to be the one to I'm hoping the enemy gets a job. I'm hoping they can offer them a good, fair package. I'd like to see Colorado be good. They're kind of entertaining when they're good. You know, mm-hmm. they're kind of a fun team to watch when they're good. I still have fond memories of them just boat racing Nebraska. That uh, that Eric Crouch team back at the back in like the 2001, maybe when yep. they they put up like 60 something points on them. They just they just ran for days against them. Yeah, I mean, you go back to the Cordell Stewarts and the, those days, and I, they've had great players come through that program. Uh, you could, like I said, you could win there. Um, it's a, it's it's kind of a, a a better version of Boise State. It's a program that has won. You can win. Uh, it's just finding the right coach. Another program, I think, that they have to understand. You're going to have to score and score a lot and and almost go the route that like the Kansas coach has gone. It's okay to lose, but don't get beat. Like Colorado's not even competitive in these games. Um, and that's that's a big problem. So they get the right coach in there. I I do believe that they could be a very good, a very good program again. All right. Now and I know we you know, this is always a little tough for you because you got a lot of relationships out there in college football lands. I don't want to put you in a bad spot. Um, 
So I'm not going to ask you who you think is on the hot seat because you don't want to ruin. I'm going to put some put some names out there, and it's a way I can take all the heat in case they get fired, not you. But Brian Harson does not look like he is going to be long for Auburn. Uh, they they blew a 17 point lead this past week at home to LSU. Well, I don't um, sell them my service, so. Okay, yeah. So forget that. So is he going to? Is he going to? How long is he going to be? You think? He, I don't think he's going to survive, Pat. I don't know if he'll make it to the Iron Bowl. To be honest with you. Uh, uh, this last week was a bad. They've wanted a reason to fire this guy for so long since they hired him. Yeah, <laughs> this was a marriage that they were trying to find. They've been trying to find everything dirty on their wife, only to find out not only is she not cheating, she's going to church every Sunday. It's just, you know, they they picked the wrong guy to hire, and they're gonna have a hard. They're not getting out of not paying him a lot of money. So, uh, and man, that between him and and Malzahn, they got to be about fifty million in the hole after these two coaches. Oh my god! So okay, say the Auburn job opens. First of all, no, they'll, they'll pay. There's one thing about Auburn; they will pay you. So we can't say what coach would take it. Any coach that likes money will take that job because they've got a lot of it. But. I mean, like, I, I would always say that I think they're going to go heavy after Lance Leopold, and I do believe he can win anywhere at any school in the country. But, I mean, they're going to they're gonna riot after a 9-3 and three season. This is the most unrealistic, over, over you know, the, the expectations of this fan base are just borderline ridiculous. If you're Lance Leopold taking the finances out of the game, would you consider Auburn just because of the SEC ties? And I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch the Auburn job. I really would. I, I personally do not believe they have. They have fired coaches. Uh, you know, you're talking Tommy Tuberville. I, I don't know what the percentage of games he won in the SEC. It was a lot, and he had a a six or seven and one record against. Alabama, he just happened to lose the year he got fired. It's just not a good job. They fired a coach that won a national title. Um, I just think their expectations are unrealistic. Um, they they think they should be Alabama, Ohio State, and they're not. And it's not. There's nothing wrong with being a very good program that can compete for titles once every six or seven years. And if that's if you're one of those teams, you're lucky because. That means you're one of the top programs in the country. You're just not the top programs. And the expectations, they they weren't happy with this guy from a recruiting standpoint. Like, well, how did they think he was going to just go to Auburn and start recruiting at a high level when he's from the West Coast? Like, where did they think that was going to go well? Uh, they hired a guy that was a very good X's and O's coach. They, they, they have been, I've gone on the Auburn boards. They've been complaining about him since day one. It's just a very hard job to win at. I, I don't think it's a good job for that reason. Like, I just think the expectations are way out of whack and they have a fan base that just expects them to go 12 and 0 every year. And I, I, you can't go, it's tough to go 12 and 0 at Alabama and they got all the resources in the world and the best coach in college football. They lose a game every year, usually. Um, it's just tough. I I don't know. God bless them and their fan base and their 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 unrealistic expectations. I wouldn't touch the job. 
All right. I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out two names at you for the Auburn job. Uh and these are names, you know, say Urban Meyer. For what, Urban, for, what Urban, Auburn, for what Auburn wants, and they're willing to basically sell their soul. I, this is the perfect coach. Like, just <laughs> like he doesn't care what the fans think. They won't care what he does because he's going to win and win big for like five. Like they and they they like getting rid of coaches every five years. And Meyer doesn't stay past five years. So it's like the match <laughs> made in heaven. They both get what they want. He gets five years of getting paid. They get three, five years of winning. They 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 get a coach that can beat Alabama. Uh, it's a perfect – listen, they should already be on the phone with uh, Urban, and he should already be in that town with his contract signed. Like, they should sign him before they hire Fire Harson. Like, I wouldn't – it'd be just a perfect clown show of Auburn football. <laughs> just bring him in, hire him. He could just, like, be an analyst. <laughs> Even though, say, listen, Harson, we're gonna, we don't want to fire you right now because we owe you all this money. We're gonna bring in a ten million dollar a year analyst. Yeah. We're gonna give this guy ten million to be the analyst. Just understand, you can go get another job next year, and you're gonna still get your pay. But we want him to start working on the program now. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. Hope you don't mind. All right, second name, James Franklin with Jawan Sider. Coming together. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Franklin. The one thing he does and Auburn fans want is an elite level recruiter. And I think he can go head to head with the Kirby's and the, and the, and the savings of the world. And even Jimbo, because he's a very good recruiter. And, and if you're bringing Jay Wan with you and you know what they can do, they've done a very good job at Penn state, which I don't think is an easy program to recruit to. I don't care what anybody tells me. Um, they they have a very limited pool to recruit from. They got to find a lot of second tier kids that uh, develop into stars. For every one of those kids that they have that's on the Cowboys, they have guys that are half as good playing next to them at Penn State. I mean, you've seen Penn State. If you put them in black and white, you'd still think John Capoletti was playing for them. They they, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That program still looks like they play in black and white. Like I'm waiting for like, you know, like, you know, Cornelius Bennett to come running out and play. They still look the same since I, I watched them in like 81 or 82 in the freaking Sugar Bowl. And you can't tell me that the only thing that's changed is we have HDTV now because that's that's the only thing that's changed. They look the same. They no matter how fast their players are, they look slow as hell in them uniforms. They can have a guy. It's amazing. Like the guys get to the NFL and they start running fast that are from Penn State. Like you look at the kid that plays for the Cowboys. All right. That kid never ran that fast at Penn State. I'm <laughs> telling you, he would have been State. a first pick overall if he had ran that fast. <laughs> But something about those uniforms and that feel, everything looks slower for them. I, I like like Penn State, like they're gonna have like a third uniform. It's just gonna be like a helmet stripe. That's gonna be the I mean, thing honestly. It just, the, I think those uniforms take off like two tenths of a uh, uh, in the forty. I mean, like every kid looks like they're. I mean, Levar Arrington looked like he ran slow. He could hit, 
but man, he looks slow in them uniforms. It's just, I mean, I mean, you can have a four, three kid in that uniform and they're, they're running four, six in that uniform. I'm telling you, there's something that like, that makes me think your two current running backs might be running like three nines. Oh man, they two running backs are studs. Wait till they go for the tryouts at the, at the combine. And you're like, they both run four threes. You're like, wait a second. They weren't running that fast at Penn State. <laughs> All right, so I think I think one of those two guys. I, I would not be surprised to see Auburn at least at least throw a throw some interest Urban's way. At least kind of get some, you know, get some get some fat, get some you know a wind out that direction. But I really wouldn't be surprised to see him show some interest in James Franklin. I mean, and I, I think Franklin would would definitely welcome coming back to the SEC. I think he knows that Penn State just getting past Ohio State, and Michigan is just hard because they're just not gonna like they're never gonna get the players Ohio State gets, and they're really gonna get the players that Michigan gets. And Michigan doesn't lead the players that Ohio State gets. Just think, yeah. Franklin had Justin Fields committed to him at Penn State. He yeah. lost him. If he had if he had Justin Fields, he would have had. A playoff team, yeah, that God would team that Saquon Barkley, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That yeah. he would have had a playoff team that year. All right, yeah. he didn't have him, and that's the problem. Is he just? I don't think. You know, I get in this argument. People are like, "Oh, he doesn't. He's not that good. He doesn't." No, it's who you recruit and who you have at your disposal. If you can't get those type of players, and you're running out, and nothing against Trace McSorley and the guy they got now. I mean, like they're is, not. Is it not? I thought Trace McSorley was still there. Like, is, no. how is he different from the guy they have now? It's like Trace McSorley too. It's like they're no, the same he grew, guy. He grew six inches, and his arm got worse. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh God! All right, so the Auburn job we think is going to be open. I'm looking at other jobs. Um, Dana Holgerson at Houston is just bad. Like Houston's got talent. Holgerson, like I watched. Watching it, Tulane had a third-string quarterback win that game, by the way. Like, it's just I'm like, this guy just can't coach talent. I mean, like, he doesn't seem like – he just seems like he's like he's out there on the sidelines screaming and just being maniacal, and it, you can tell the players are tuned about. He had one good season at West Virginia. They went 10-3. and three. Other than that, he's been terrible. And he had one good season at Houston. It's crazy. He gets that one season – but he's been four and eight, three and five, and two and three this year. I mean, he's 21 and 18. He's about as average as you could get. I don't really care if he knows this. I, I, I've i never sold him my service. So God bless him. Um, I, he should be gone. Yeah. And I mean, that Houston job would heading into the Big 12. Yeah. That could be, that's going to be a heavy job. I mean, it's, a great, at, it's a very good job. It's in a big yeah. city. I, I mean, I, Listen, I, I, my friend took me to a restaurant there. It was unreal. I mean, they got great restaurants. It's a big city. They got very nice. high school football. Yeah, and they got a brand new stadium. It's not like they play. Um, they have their own on-campus stadium. They're, it's a very good program. It's It should be the equivalent of what UCF is, uh, but in Houston. Yeah, and I think, you know, Jeff Trailer out of UTSA would definitely, I think he would show a lot of interest in that job. I think Tom Herman would, would would consider going back there a second time at this point, to be honest with you. I yeah, think they would consider it. I think they should consider it. Well, he won there, so. I won a lot there, yeah. And I mean, he knows that, Eric. So, I think Houston would have a lot of interest to it. Um, coaches that have 
coaches that have solidified your spot. Chip Kelly's five and zero at UCLA. Did a great had a great game this past week, beating undefeated Washington. That quarterback's been there for seven years. There's no reason for him not to win. Dorian Franklin's been there since Ethan was born. But you know what? UCLA showed the patience of that. If you have a very, very good coach, and and listen, Chip Kelly's a very good coach. Yeah, he's not. He wasn't losing because he he wasn't he was getting out. Like UCLA was a a program he had to literally gut that thing, and they are very good. I. I I think they're going to win the Pac-12. Like I, I the one thing they're going to beat USC. I, listen, and I'm a huge Lincoln fan. Yeah, right? you are a huge Lincoln fan. I've watched USC three times this year. Their defense is horrendous. It's it's one of the worst defenses. I just think they could get enough stops against U, USC um, and win that game because they have a defense. They're very big and physical up front. They have the quarterback. They have the run game. Their receiver. They have a receiver that came over from Duke. That's unreal. Uh, they are a very, very good team. And I just think Chip's been there long enough that they can win the Pac-12. You're gonna listen. Go watch UC, USC's defense. Arizona State went up and down the field with a team that fired their coach last week, and they were scoring and moving the ball at will. What eventually happened is USC just kept putting too many points on and they couldn't keep up. But Arizona State's not a good football team. And they went up and down the field. I've watched USC give up a lot of points and a lot of – I think their defense is in the hundreds. It's just they don't have talent. They have one linebacker, honestly, that weighs 175 pounds, this kid. And he he gets sacks, but he gets run – they gets run over, run by. He was a – Kid, they got out of the portal. I mean, Arizona State ran, ran the kid was running right at it, and they're just not good. If you watch USC, their defense is putrid, and um, that's what that's the one thing that's going to cost them. I just don't. I think that's the one thing that will keep USC from playing in the playoffs this year is their defense. Their offense, they got the best quarterback in the country, in my opinion. I yeah. love their quarterback. I love their offense. I mean, Mario Williams is a stud. Addison's a stud. They got running backs. Their old line's pretty good. Uh, you know, that that team can score on anybody, but you know as well as I do, somebody's gonna slow them down one weekend and they're gonna. I mean, they already had a seven Oregon, Oregon State almost yeah. did it. Yeah. So you're gonna have that one bad weekend where you lose. And I don't think they're they're a good enough team to make the playoffs with one loss. Like I think USC has to run the table. Um, their defense, like I said, I, you could go back and watch them. And I, I just think Chip Kelly's done a phenomenal job. You got to give him credit. I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. There. Oh, I wanted to also shout out to, speaking of Lincoln Riley, shout out to his brother, Garrett Riley, yep. who is another hot name. He's all OC at TCU, in case you were wondering. If you saw TCU Oklahoma this past week, you see what he's capable of because yeah. they lit them up. I had lunch once with Garrett Riley. I've met him a couple times. He, he, you know, he's a little different than Lincoln. He's a little more quiet, um, more reserved. But I mean, you're looking, he's 33 years old and he has one of the top offenses in the country. So, I mean, if you're Houston and you're going to get, that's a guy, I think Mike Elko at Duke, even after just one year, that's a guy you might want to consider. Like there's some, Houston would have some pretty interesting choices. I think if that job opened up with them going into the big 12. I think there's a lot there. Uh, all right, let's get to Jimbo. I was going to talk about Iowa, but I was boring. Let's talk about 
All right. We're, we're both, listen, full, full disclosure. We both like Jimbo. We're both friends with, we both have a friendly relationship with Jimbo. So this ain't going to be a criticized Jimbo session. It's going to be a, what does Jimbo have to do to make this thing better session? Because he's not getting fired. He has a $90 million buyout. I know Texas A&M has a lot of money. They don't have $90 million buyout money. I can tell you that much. So he's there. He's there for a while. Do is it come down to the quarterback? Should he just play Connor Wegman right now and just take the and, and take whatever lumps he could get out of him as a true freshman and move forward? Like what what's the issue there? What's holding Jimbo back at Texas AM? It's odd because Jimbo hasn't ever been safe with his quarterback choices. I mean, he he knew that Ponder was the best quarterback before he ever played him, and he played him over uh another year at Drew and Xavier. He was like, all right. Yeah, he played Jameis over Trickett. Uh I don't see why he wouldn't make the change. They are not good offensively. And I think they could be a lot better running the ball. They do have good running backs, but passing the football, they are they're back in the stone ages this year of throwing the football. This looks like one of the worst passing teams I've seen Jimbo have. And I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big Jimbo fan. I'm not going to lie about that. I, I, I don't get the hatred uh, from his former school. Any The guy won a national championship. He took another team to the playoffs. Uh, he has a very good record as a college coach. This idea, oh, he can't win without Jameis, whatever. He went 12-2 and two with E.J. Manuel, by the way. Um, 10 games with yeah, Ponder. 10 yeah, games he, with a Sean McGuire, Everett Golson. Yeah, yeah he, won ten, ten he, won, he won. Yeah, DeAndre Francois. He won you 10 know, games with Kellen Mond. You know, who was who was one of the worst quarterbacks in college football before Jimbo got there. So this idea that he can't coach. Yeah, I I do think that he has a lot on his plate um, as a head coach. And he's going to have to adapt every listen, everybody adapts. Bobby Bowden did not adapt until they were down big to Georgia Tech. And he went to a no huddle spread high-tempo offense with Charlie Ward. It literally took them to be down in a game for him to open up the offense. And that that's how they basically started this whole, you know, spread open, wide open offense. That that offense with Charlie Ward against Georgia Tech, that changed everything. Or Bobby was going to still run the same plotting offense. I but formation. It, yeah, I formation. formation. It took one thing to happen. And I, I think – Jimbo needs to have that moment, just like any other coach. And I think he's smart enough and a good enough coach to figure it out that at some point he's going to adapt just like everybody else. Listen, if you, I think the one thing that people don't understand, he had a lot of success early on. Like most guys don't have that success early on, so they have to make changes and adapt. He had so much success early on and won big. How do you tell somebody that won the way he did that your way is wrong? You know, your way, the way you you did it at Florida State was wrong when he had so much success early. Now that he's had some struggles back to back to back years, maybe now it's easier to adapt or people to come to you. I mean, he's got people. Listen, Coley's not afraid to say something to Jimbo. Somebody in that room's going to sit there and say, hey, we got to do some things different. And I don't think Jimbo's a stupid guy. I think he's going to get it at some point that he will turn it around at some point. That team's loaded with talent. The one thing they need is they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. And 
they and they have a five-star kid in Wegman and they may have to go to them and go to them. And if you're going to use them, use them this week. I, I do think one thing Jimbo will do this week is he's going to try to shorten this game. And if the backup quarterback for Alabama plays, he probably will keep the game closer than it should be. But, you know, this week's going to be big for him because I, I think if he has another very bad game offensively where they just are inept, he's going to have to make the changes that are, are needed. And I think he will. Do you think that would include him bringing an offensive coordinator? I do. I know I've spoken to a couple people that said he won't bring in an offensive coordinator. I do. I do think he'll, he'll bring somebody in. And you brought it up. I, there was, I, you had, I don't know if you said Kendall Bryles, but you did bring up a name that um, he should bring in a coordinator. I forgot who it was, but you said I he, Scott Frost would be kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, you brought Scott Frost and somebody that could basically he respects and understands that hey, this guy, I'm gonna let him run the offense, but I'll I'll be involved, but I can still trust this guy because he's run an offense, he's run a program, and he's been successful. So I, I believe in that. Yeah, I think that would be a mutually beneficial relationship, Frost. You know, he came from, you know, he worked under Chip. He worked, you know, that fast Auburn offense. I mean, Oregon offense. Uh, you know, he brought that to UCF uh, and it worked there. Didn't work at Nebraska as well, but I I don't think the offense was necessarily the problem there at, at times. And also, but I also think that Frost is a guy that needs to be coached up a little harder than he's been. You know, he needs to be in a little bit more of a pressure, a little bit more of a boiler pot. So the next time he gets a head coaching job, he will be better prepared than he was when he was at Nebraska. So I actually think it will, it will be a relationship that will work out for both sides. They're both, you know, both guys have a tremendous ego. So they'd have so that would be for some they'd have some hellacious arguments. I can tell you that much right now, but I do think there would be some respect there. And I I think that if you add in what Frost has understood about offense and mix them in with, I think Jimbo's concepts are wonderful. And, you know, you add in some tempo and some different timing with that. I think it could work out very well. That would be, that would be where I would go to be honest with you. So I don't think Frost necessarily, I think I'm sure he could get another head coaching job. I don't think that's the right move for him right now, to be honest with you. That was, that was a name that I had brought up as a potential OC candidate. Uh, like I said, I was going to talk about Iowa and what do you do with Brian Ferenz with that horrible offense, but hey, I ain't going to talk about that. This I'll, I'll talk about nepotism another week. We're a little in this one here. This is good. This was great stuff. Um, another exciting week of football ahead. Uh, anything else out there that, that, that kind of caught your eye over the last couple of weeks while we've been gone? Mm, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't remember yesterday. I can't remember either. Uh, I guess I, I'm curious to see Tennessee this week at LSU. That's a game that really piques my interest. I want to see if they're as good. I want to see if Tennessee's as good as they might think that they are. Because they got LSU, then they got Alabama, then they got Georgia coming. So, I mean, they, we're going to find out a whole lot real fast. Yep. You know, it goes from it goes from zero to one hundred in that conference sometimes. But yeah, I'm curious about that game, I guess. And 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 I do want to see I the, the FSU NC State game kind of interests me because I don't I don't know 
really what NC State is yet, and I'm not sure what FSU is yet. It's going to be slow, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. We yeah, know I think it's going to be a slog. Yeah. So, all right, that's it. Uh, I hope you had – I'm glad to catch up with you again. Glad to do the podcast again. Uh, the weather, as always, post-hurricane, the weather, like, becomes amazing in this state. And it's like, you know, it's not – it's been perfect for, like, six days in a row, so – I mean, listen, the hurricane sucked up all the uh, <laughs> sucked up all the moisture. There's been like nothing but clear skies for like four straight days and cooler weather. So, yeah, how is uh, Ethan recovering from his shoulder? He's recovered and I think he's he's ready to smack somebody around. So, all right. Well, good. That was good. Good. It was good to catch up with you. We actually what do we do? We watched the uh, we watched we watched two uh, almost get killed in a Dolphins game. It was a. Uh, while I was down there, it was good to catch up with you and uh, easy E for a little bit. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back with more of the fish cast soon. Yep. Thank you to uh, Justin Otto, our producer, that we're going to be putting to extra work this week. Um, thank you to the Talk Coaches Network for helping us with all this great distribution, getting us out there. You can hear us on you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, really iHeartRadio, anybody that you can – listen to podcasts on you can hear us on so uh we're out there mostly everybody listens to apple podcast that's the like where 93 percent of our uh listening comes in. so thank you especially apple podcast for, for carrying us and uh we'll be back real soon thank you fish i uh, always appreciate you spending a bunch of time with us take and it we'll be, peace out we'll be back real soon you take care Bye. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.